Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. If you missed it last week, that's totally okay, but we started this quick series called Be Loved, and this is such a foundational understanding for your Christian life. It would be the first sermon I preach to anyone who I lead to the Lord. If I lead someone to the Lord, the next thing I'm going to say is God's first will for your life is to help me. Be loved. You were listening. That's awesome. Your, God's first will for your life is to be loved. Yes, we need to be obedient. Yes, we should be kind. Yes, we should be all of these things. That we know, praying, reading our Bible, going to church. The first thing we need to be is loved. Because out of that place, we're actually bearing the fruit of discipline. Instead of like trying to grow into it, okay? So the main question last week was, what if we believe that God loves us the way God loves God? And I know that's a big like mind-blowing question, but it's straight out of Jesus' mouth. Okay, John 17, 23 says, this is Jesus praying in John 17 before he goes to the cross. He's talking to God. He says, you live fully in me, and now I live fully in them so that they will experience perfect unity, and the world will be convinced that you have sent me, for they will see that you love each one of them with the same passionate love that you have for me. That's how the world will be convinced that Jesus is God, is if we live out this truth that God loves us the way God loves God. Major, major. God is not tolerating you. God is not putting up with you. God is madly in love with you. He thinks you're to die for. So this week, this is kind of like two plus two equals four. This is the four, okay? If we believe that we are loved by God in the same way God loves God, then we are able to love like God. I know I just, like, that's a tongue twister, you know, like Dr. Seuss type thing. But if we believe we're loved by God in the same way God loves God, then we can love like God. Amen? Then you should be able to let that love you receive flow out of you to others. I, this is the deal. Today, my main objective is to raise your level of expectation for your ability to love. Because we have a pretty low bar of that in the church. We're like, God loves you. You know, those memes, you've seen those memes, I've shared them, they're funny, but we should stop. Like, Jesus loves you, and I'm trying. You know what I mean? You've seen those? Or the bumper sticker. You know what I'm talking about? Like, God loves you, I don't know why. You know, God loves me, I don't know why. You know, like, we need to stop that, because if we believe that we're loved by God, like God loves God, the next natural result, the fruit of that should be, we can love like God. I didn't think this up, by the way, okay? I did not, like, come up with this. This is straight up a command from the Lord Jesus himself. It's a command. Let me help you. When God gives you a command, specifically the word of life gives you a command, he, within that command, gives you the capacity to carry the call of the command. It's Dr. Seuss all day today, y'all, so just hang on. All right, it's when he says, go and sin no more, guess what? You have the capacity to... Go and say no more. Because when he speaks, he creates. His words create worlds. His language shapes landscapes. Okay? And so when he says something, the capacity for you to carry it out is within the spoken word itself. All right? So 
This is what it says, John 15, 12 through 13. He says, this is my command. Say command. It's not option, not suggestion. This is my command. He's about, he just said, I'm going to command something of you. God is not sadistic and cruel saying, I'm going to command something of you that you never are able, going to be able to do. He's not a father like that. That would be cruel. Amen? He says, this is my command. Love each other deeply as much as I have loved you. You're commanded to love everyone around you with the same intensity that Jesus loves you. But this takes intention. It's not going to happen by accident. It says, my command is this, love each other deeply as much as I have loved you. For the greatest love of all is the love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. Okay, when I'm like in uh, doing premarital counseling, there's one thing that scares me a lot. When one of the two that are like, you know, they're so in love or whatever, I say, what do you love about him? Or what do you love about her? They go, oh, just they, they give me so much joy. They make me feel so comfortable. They have a, just, they, they love me so much. And, and I'm like, oh, this is, that's actually scary talk for me. Because you just told me, you don't love them. You love how much they love you. <laughs> love has nothing to do with what comes in from human to human. It does from God to us. But human to human, the act of love is all outflow. It's all that way. I love you, end of story. It's not, I love you, do you love me back? Like you're waiting, like, I love you. And you're like waiting to hear like, now you say the thing, say the thing. Because I really said it for me, not for you. And I really want to hear it back. No. That's not the love of God. This great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. We cannot hope to just have this happen. It takes deep intentionality to mature in this, okay? The, the Lord spoke to me uh, I, two years ago, just about, about my personal mission in life, okay? I'm a mission guy. I like to know why. You know, why is this happening? Why are we doing that? I was that kid. Any of you like that when you were a kid? Why, 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 why? That was me. I'm still that kid. Why? And so I like to have mission statements. I like those a lot. And they're helpful because I know if I'm hitting, I'm scoring the touchdown or not. You know what I'm saying? Or if I'm hitting the target or not, it's measurable in a way. And that's good. Okay? The Lord showed me my personal life mission is to mature the saints in love. I exist to help you grow up in love. <laughs> I hope I, my call is to make you better lovers. In fact, that's my cry for our church, it's not that they're great worshipers or great, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. They do great social justice things. They have great small groups. Their prayer meetings are packed. No, they love. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear some. Oh, I've heard of the rest of the place. Those people are so loving. That's the only thing. That's the win. That's the win. But it takes deep intentionality. Have you ever noticed, like, you have a You've had like an encounter with God, maybe here on Sunday morning, which that happens. It's awesome. Or you go to a conference or whatever, or maybe just you and the Lord have a deep encounter. And then you're like super nice to everybody for like a couple days. And then it wears off. You ever notice like you have a deep encounter, maybe it lasts a couple of weeks where you actually start to, you know, like people. You know what I'm talking about? And then it wears off. And you're like, I really don't even understand why I was so nice to you the last couple of weeks. You're awful. Anybody? Just me? Just, okay, two people are honest. Anyone else? Yeah, that's happened. Three, four, five. The rest of you are liars. <laughs> why does that happen? Here's why. Because we cannot hope to grow in love through encounter alone. We must be intentional. 
by design, God is not going to zap you into becoming a better lover. It requires intentional growth. It requires intentionality. Okay? Encounter alone will not grow us up in love. It will invite us into deep places of his love. It's a tasting and a seeing. Are you with me? Taste and see that the Lord is good. It's an experience with his goodness, but it is not the thing that matures you. The thing that matures you is sacrificing for the people that get on your nerves. <laughs> That's what matures you. Not running from the people who annoy you, running to them and finding a way to lay down your life for them. You want to grow up? Do that. That's, a, that's gasoline on the fire of his love in your heart, I promise. Sacrificing. Cannot hope to grow through encounters. You got to hear me on this. You cannot hope to grow in love through encounters with Jesus on Sunday mornings. That is not going to mature you in love. That's going to give you a taste of it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's going to be an invitation. You're going to be like, whoa, I just experienced the love of God in a new way. Wow. What you're experiencing is supposed to be experienced through you. Others are supposed to feel that. When they get around you, you got around Jesus. You felt loved. Now others are supposed to feel that way around you. But if it just stops here, you're a swamp, man. <laughs> if you just take and take and take with no outlet, you stink. You ever been around a swamp? It stinks. You got to have an outflow. It's got to be a flowing river. It's got to come in and out, in and out, in and out. This is our origin, you guys. We are originally divinely loved ones. This is where we begin. Okay, I get in trouble for saying true things often. And here's one of them. <laughs> the origin of man is not sinful and fallen. The origin of man is godlike and very good. I'll try this side of the room. I'm just kidding. I'm repeating myself because that's what good teachers do. That's what good teachers do. The origin of man. I love it. <laughs> Got him. The origin of man is not sinful and fallen. It's godlike and very good. That's your origin. Everybody loves a good origin story, you know? Like, I love seeing the origin. Like, how did Wolverine become Wolverine? You know? How did Tony Stark become the Tony Stark? You know, we love those origin stories. This is your origin story. I'm trying to tell you your origin, where you began. 1 John 4, 7 through 12 says it. It says, beloved, let us love one another. Right there. Be loved, give love. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God. And whoever loves has been, help me. Do we have this one? Let's put this scripture up. 1 John 4, 7 through 12. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God. Origin, born, starting point. And knows God. Anyone who does not love does not go know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. It's not just his love coming to us. It's his love living through us. You're to live through it, but you don't even have an expectation of being able to love like God. I mean, how many of you walked in here with an expectation? I'm going to love everyone I meet with the same love God loves me. Like, it's going to happen. I expect it to happen. I expect to be Jesus to everyone I meet. How? I don't live with that present expectation. I need this message. I don't know about you. Maybe it's just for me. I'll watch it later on the live stream just for myself, okay? Like... I need to grow in this, but it's not going to happen by accident. God's not going to bop you on the head and make you more mature in love. It's not going to happen. 
Because it's a command. We're to carry it. We're to walk it out. This is growing up into all things, into him who is the head, Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh, amen. It says, so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Propitiation is a hard word to say. And it means that he is the atonement, the sacrifice, the complete sacrifice, covering removal of sins, okay? It's actually expiation. It's the removal of sin. But the idea is that your sins were all paid for by Jesus. You're totally forgiven by Jesus through the act of this selfless love where he laid down his life for you. Hello? It's like, they did me wrong. They need to ask, they need to ask for my forgiveness. No, you, you don't love them. <laughs> I know. It's like, okay, you can't talk to me that way. Well, that's what the Bible says. And <laughs> beloved, if God so loved us, they so loved us. We ought to love one another. The meaning is so loved in this way. If God so loved us, if God loved us like that, if God loved us that deep, that high, that wide, if God was that loving to us, we should be that to others. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Like, is that really your faith expectation that the place God's love is going to be perfected is in us? I mean, really, do you expect to be perfectly loving? I know you're like, is this a trick question? Because <laughs> that's what it says. But no, I don't. <laughs> I know. I've been saying it for weeks. It's one of my favorite things to say lately. And I don't care what you think about it. But it's true. You've been steeped in heresy and antichrist teachings your whole life. It's not my fault. I'm here to help. You should expect to love like God. You're like, well, I'm falling. No, you're not. You've been born again. It's our origin, okay? The human race was born like God and very good. Jesus referenced this in John 3. This is the famous, you must be born again passage. I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. John 3, 3, Jesus answered and saying, Nicodemus, that's the guy, the name of the Pharisee there. He says, listen to this eternal truth. Before a person can even experience God's kingdom, they must first experience a rebirth. And it's born from above in the Greek, but in the Aramaic, the language of Jesus, it's literally he uttered with his lips and his language must be born from the origin. Before you can even perceive God's kingdom, you must be born from the origin. Born again, born as the first Adam was born. It's born in innocence. The innocence of love. You know how a child will hug a stranger? You know, a child will just like, you know, walk up to anybody and hug their leg or whatever. Yeah? Like that. That kind of innocent love. Where it's just flowing out. You must be born from the origin in the innocence of love. Not, oh, are they going to, is this guy going to spend this money I give him on alcohol? If God said give him money, give him money. Stop, stop not being childlike. That's, you know what that is? That's childish, not childlike. I can't trust you with this. Mine. Mine. I have two children. I know. Mine. No. God said, let it flow. Let it go. Let, it, let them have it. Trust the Lord. I can't, I can't forgive them because it will enable this bad behavior. I feel bad for you. 
because you think you're supposed to change their behavior? <laughs> Good luck. You're having a hard time changing your behavior. <laughs> Hello? And it's not even the point. You're supposed to change your beliefs. Behavior follows after. Show them something. Love the H-E double hockey sticks out of them. You know what I mean? Like, go there. Oh, I promised I wouldn't do it on live stream, but I did it. <laughs> okay. John 3, 5 through 8, Jesus continues in this same conversation. He says, Jesus answered, I speak an eternal truth. Say an eternal truth. Unless you are born of water and the spirit, you will never enter God's kingdom. This is one of those moments where you're like, what meaneth this? You know? For the natural realm only gives birth to the things that are natural. And that's what's happening. We're trying to birth supernatural love from natural efforts. But the spiritual realm gives birth to supernatural life. You shouldn't be amazed by my statement. You all must be born from above. For the spirit wind blows as it chooses. You can hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. So it is the same with those who are spirit born. You ever ask questions like you're reading your Bible and it's like, what does it mean to be born of water and the spirit? What does that mean? Well, I would just like to submit to you that Jesus is referencing the origin of all things. He's referring to the origin of all things, not just mankind, all things. Genesis 1, 1 through 2 says, in the beginning, are you familiar with this? God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out form, without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Unless you were born of water and spirit, he's referencing the origin of all things. He just said you must be born of the origin. And unless you're born of water and spirit, it's not an accident. It's not an accident. He's talking about the ori origin, the original design of mankind, which is God-like and very good, able to love like God. Innocent. Are you with me? No. Okay, no one. Are you with me? I know. That was your thinking, thinking face. I hope so. Here's the deal. When we are born again, we are born in the love of God and able to love like God. I need you to be able to say that of yourself. Like, you might not see that in your history. Me neither. Like, I don't love my wife perfectly the way Jesus loves me. I want to. I'm not going to get it through an encounter. I'm going to get it through intentional effort. Because I've been loved. Now I'm going to go love. Are you with me? I want you to be able to say this. When I was born again... I was born in love, and I'm able to love like God. Put it on your mirror, man, until it happens. I don't know what to tell you. Like, we got to level up our expectation of the ability to let this thing out, not just have it for ourselves. Here's some questions for you to ponder. How does God love his friends? That's how you should love your friends. I'd like to just submit to you that God thinks all of his friends are to die for. How does God love his enemies? Guess what? The same way. God thinks all his enemies are to die for too. I got in so much trouble on TikTok for saying Jesus did not die for the sins of the church. He died for the sins of the whole world. I got a lot of trouble. I got, I got people telling me, using a lot of scripture, how wrong I am about that. I'm telling you, this is the state of the church. We are developing theological acrobatics to divert the mission, to remove responsibility from the church. We're doing acrobatics 
with scriptures to say things like, no, it's impossible. We're wretches. We're not, it's not possible this side of heaven. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, the, like the disciples, like the, the humans, not just the God man, the son of God. You know, the disciples like prayed for and blessed the people who were crucifying them. Like killing them upside down, boiling them in water. Like there's so many stories of, of the early church martyrs blessing those who were piercing them while they were doing it, singing their way into the cloud of witnesses. We have lost the mission, y'all. <laughs> we have been so watered down. People are like, oh, yeah, that church, it's all about love. This church is all about prayer. This church, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Love is not like a side issue, fun sermon series. You know what I mean? Like uh, one time, Abraham and I, I got to tell this story. <laughs> one time, Abraham and I were out, and we are just having lunch, but if you're out with Abraham for lunch, it's never just lunch. My leadership's like, it's never just lunch. He's got a tractor beam on him for, like, people that need a lot of love, okay? And if you need a lot of love, the way you usually manifest yourself is kind of, um, how do you say, demonic, all right? So people just flock to him. And this one guy came up wanting to make sure that our salvation was good and saving it. We were at the mall, you know, and... Oh, man, he got a whole dose of it from Abraham and I. We were just sitting there smiling, listening to him for 10 minutes, and they're like, yeah, we're, we're leading church, and we love you. And he, at the end of this encounter, he's like, you know, some are called to, to preach love like you guys. Some are called to preach judgment like me. And I'm just like, uh, nope. <laughs> and I said to him, I said, nope. <laughs> no, you're wrong about that. So... And he's like, what are you saying? I was like, God is love. You're not preaching God's judgment without love. And he's like, oh, no, it's okay. But that's the mindset. That's the mindset. I got my thing over here. I got to focus on this. I got to focus on end times. I got to focus on. No, you need to be loved. You know what's never going to happen? You're never going to get on the other side of the veil to the heavenly gates, however you want to picture it. You're never going to get there and say, I was right. It's not going to happen. It's not going to be the thing out of your, life, your mouth. I am right. You're, not, you're also not going to go, I was wrong. You're going to go, I am loved. That's what's going to come out of your mouth. I'll be there with a tape recorder. Like, here it comes. Bang, I am loved. Bang, I am loved. I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> it's just so vital. We start there from that place. I want you to leave here with an expectation that you are able to love like God. I want it deep in there so that whenever you don't, you get deeply convicted. This is how I want to live my life. This is how I want to lead my team. This is how I want to love my family my friends. And if I don't, if I am unloving, if I do something trying to strum up a natural love or something, or am I, if I'm hateful, which I have the capacity to be, if I'm in my anger, I sin towards them. I want my reaction to be, that is so unlike me. What happened? What lie am I believing? What pain is driving me to be like the devil and not like my father? What trauma is unhealed? 
what's going on in here? I wanted to drive me to my knees, not in shame, but in submission to the mission of loving one another the way he's loved us. I need that. I hope you want that. I can't give it to you. You got to do intentional effort. I can't lay hands on you and give you that desire. You know, it's a command you either choose to obey or disobey. I just want to read 1 John 4, 7 through 12 again out of the Passion Translation. And I really want you to like the, it's the same passage, but I want you to soak it in through this translation. So whatever you got to do, you can read along, you can close your eyes, watching on live stream, like whatever you got to do. I want you to hear this, okay? This is like <laughs> so vital to being able to really rise up into our calling as the bride of Christ, Okay. It says, those who are loved by God, 1 John 4, 7 through 12, the Passion Translation. Those who are loved by God. Say, that's me. Say, that's me. Better. That's me. Come on. Those who are loved by God, let his love continually pour from you to one another. Because God is love. Everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God, for God is love. The light of God's love shined within us when he sent his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love. He loved us long, long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. He proved it by sending his son to be the pleasing sacrificial offering to take away our sins. Delightfully loved ones. Say, that's me. If he loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. I'm going to stop there. If he loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. Come on, right where you're sitting, just say to the Lord, that's going to be my way of life. No, say it like you mean it. That's going to be my way of life. Sometimes you got to speak to your soul. You know, David said to his soul, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. So you speak to your soul and say, that's your way of life. Say your name. Say, Caleb, that's your way of life. Say your own name. That is your way of life. That's how you will live from now on. If he loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. And listen, God determines what love is. Love is not God. God is love. This is important. Love does not determine who God is. People say, if it's love, you know, love is love. No, love is, God is love. Love doesn't get to determine the nature of God. God gets to determine the nature of love. It's who he is. Love has a personality. His name is Jesus. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.